God is not a joke. God is not funny. And the things of God are not light, they are serious. I'm Celeste Montague. Welcome to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, featuring the teaching of senior pastor Dr. Kevin Shaw. Dare to Stand is on the radio to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to all who will listen, to carefully teach the truth of God's Word, and to encourage a healthy lifestyle of worshiping and honoring God. For more details about Dare to Stand or the ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, please visit www.daretostand.org or call the church at 623-581-3115. You can receive a free MP3 copy of today's message or the entire series in MP3 format for a small fee by contacting the church. Well, today we bring you our ongoing study in the life of Elisha, the prophet who followed Elijah, and part two of a message titled, The Two Faces of God. We pick things up with Dr. Shaw as he tells us a true story about something that happened to the land where his church is built. And we'll also hear more about a miracle that Elisha facilitated in the healing of the land of Israel. Here's Dr. Kevin Shaw. It was years ago. We had first moved onto this property. I think it was before we even built what was our old auditorium. Right in this particular place, we had that little modular building. And we had a young man that was in the Air Force that was, um, uh, that was you know, helping us around the property. He was actually uh, um, doing some of the landscaping and, and those types of things. His name was Robert Musgrave. Some of you folks remember Robert. And... Um, he was a great blessing and you know, been around a, year, a few years. And uh, I, had, I came to the property one day and I was noticing some of our trees out front weren't doing so well. Now, uh, Dave is laughing because he remembers this. Some of our trees out front weren't doing so well and we're trying to figure out, and, and not just not doing so well, they were dying. And... And a number of the trees on our property actually died. And we're trying to figure out what's going on. And we said, Robert, you, do you know what's going on? Have you seen? You know, and, and he said, well, he said, I, I don't know. He says, I, you, know, I, you know, I haven't done much. I've been weeding. I, well, what did, you, you, did you put something? Oh, yeah. He says, I have rock salt. And so in order to kill the weeds, he'd spread rock salt all over the front of the property. And guess what? It killed the weeds. No, actually, not as many of the weeds as they sh it should have. It left a lot of the weeds alive, but killed the trees. And we, we had to water and water and water and water and water to try to flush all the salt away because... Salt for growing things is usually a bad thing. And for drinking things, it's not a good thing. 
So this, there's, there's no scientific basis for what Elisha is doing here, okay? This is not science. This is a miracle. And so he throws it into the spring, and he says, the Lord says, I've healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. And the waters were healed unto this day, the day of the writer writing this book. And the waters were healed unto this day, according to the saying of Elisha, which he spake. It is an interesting thing that that which normally kills in this circumstance brought life because of the blessing of God. You know, there are all kinds of spiritual applications and, and um, object lessons we could learn from this. We have to die to ourselves in order to... We, we have to be buried to our old way of life and, and be raised anew to, to a new way. The way through new life is through death. And here, the purification has to come from God. Folks, it's a wonderful, glorious thing to live in God's blessing and enjoy His power to bless. But it's not just His power to bless. There's also the power of God to curse. So now we have the next story. Now, this is an uncomfortable story for people to read in Scripture. And some of that is because of the language that is used here. So let's take some time and explain a little bit about what's going on here. Elisha then starts on the journey up to Bethel. Oh, he's going up to Bethel. The city of Jericho is significantly below sea level. He's going to climb up the mountainside to the, to the mountain range that is, the, it's sort of like a, a backbone that goes in the nation of Israel from, from north to south. He'll go over that past the city where the city of Jerusalem would be and down the other side to the city of Bethel. And so he's going up over the top. And so he is, he's climbing through the mountains. It's um, a difficult journey. It seems like he is going by himself. He seems to be a man that is traveling alone. And it says, as he went up from thence into Bethel, as he was going up by the way, they came, there forth came forth children out of the city. I'm not sure which city it was. Was it the city of Jericho? Probably not. God showed miracles in the city of Jericho. Was it the city of Bethel? It could have been the city of Bethel. Could it, be, it have been another city on the way between the two? It could have been another city on the way between the two. We don't know exactly, but it says that it's, here it says, it says they were, it says as he was going up, little children now, let's just talk about that. He was, while he was traveling to Bethel, he is met by a mob. It's the best way we can describe it. You say, how do you know he is met by a mob? Well, because the passage of Scripture says there were at least 42 of them. Now, 42 is not a small group. 42 is too big to have in a particular classroom and teach. 42 is just a mob. That's what it is. Now you say it's, but it says, but it says 42 little children. These two words here that are here. It, it is, there's the word that is young, and it was a relative term. The word young was could mean a child it could mean an adolescent it could even mean an adult if if you were talking about the younger brother or sister for instance it was the same word that was used to describe Rachel instead of Leah 
who, who were probably, you know, in their late teens or maybe even into their 20s. It, it, it might have been, so the, it's the way that we might use little, you, you know, there are some of you that are 50 or 60 years old, you know, you, you're in your 50s and you've got a little brother in his 40s, okay? So it's the idea that means, it, it means young. Now, it's interesting, the word children is a very specific word here. It has gender attached to it. We get the idea that you have this, this group of four and five-year-olds that are coming out there, you know, little boys and girls in their Sunday school outfits. And that's not the picture that is happening here. It's the two words, when you put them together, are young males, young men. Young, one translation says lads, or young boys. And when you take 42 young men all by, you know, out by themselves, there's a word that we have for that today. It's called a gang. And there's some sort of dynamic that happens when you take 42 young men and you put them all together in a mob like this. Have you been around a bunch like that? There is a, as I imagine it, and we don't know for sure, I'm imagining 42 junior high-ish to high school-ish type age young people. So you take 40, you know, you think of the football locker room kind of stuff. And the language tends to be, get pretty rough. And the rough housing... Uh, tends to spike up, and the sarcasm goes through the roof. And as they get together, they start egging one another on, and they become more and more emboldened until what we have found in the United States of America even today, that some of the most heinous crimes in our major cities are committed by groups of young people in this particular age group. I don't know if you, you realize this, but people are people. Whether it's 3,000 years ago, or 2,500 years ago, and, or 2,700 years ago, and Elisha's day, or today. Juvenile delinquents existed in Elisha's day, and they still exist in our day, too. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church, and part two of a message titled, The Two Faces of God, as we bring you a study of the life of Elisha, who followed Elijah. Visit daretostand.org for more details about Dr. Shaw's church or this radio program. Many in our community are struggling with addiction. Here's Dr. Shaw to talk about an addiction recovery ministry at his church called Freedom That Lasts. Hello, this is Kevin Shaw. Are you or someone you know dealing with the agony of an addiction? You cannot change what you do until you let God change who you are. Freedom That Lasts is a discipleship ministry of Northwest Valley Baptist Church that applies the life-transforming principles of the gospel and Christian growth to the problems of life-dominating sins and addictions. All of this happens in an atmosphere of love and accountability. If you would like to know more information about this important ministry, give us a call at 623-581-3115 or visit our website at daretostand.org. Go to the homepage and click the Discipleship Connections button. 
Thanks, Dr. Shaw. If you would like more details about the addiction recovery ministry called Freedom That Lasts, please contact Northwest Valley Baptist Church at 623-581-3115. And now let's get back to our study as Dr. Shaw talks more about an encounter between Elisha the prophet and a gang of roving juvenile delinquents. Here's Dr. Shaw. And so you have these these crowd, 42 of them, all together with the, the boldness of numbers. And one prophet, Elisha. Now, so we have more than 40 of them, more than 42 of them, because 42 is a specific number that we get. And then uh, they mock. <laughs> they think it's funny. I mean, you know this kind of group. They think this is funny. They're all emboldened by this, and they see, and they they seem to recognize Elisha as Elisha. And maybe word had gone ahead of what had happened with Elijah and Elisha. But in any particular place in in human history where you have the people of God, you'll also have people among the people of God that despise and make fun of the people of God. And so you had that in in this time. They they think this is funny, and they say, "Go up." Hey, what is it? What was that phrase go up mean? Well, as far as we can tell from Scripture, they were making a comment about the supposed ascension of Elijah to heaven. They were mocking the end of the earthly ministry of the prophet of God. Go up! You, you, he went up, you go up. Show us your prophet. Ha, 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 ha. Can you see it? It was mean. It was disrespectful. It was irreverent. It was arrogant. All of those things wrapped together. And then they said, go up, bald head. Now, I particularly think that's not nice. We don't know quite what the insult was. Elisha was probably traveling with his head covered, as any man in ancient times would have done out in the sun. If you men, grown men, cover their heads when they're outside, it only makes sense. There's a reason why, uh, if you're in the military, if you go outside, you don't go outside without a cover on. Because it's dangerous. You have, to, you have to cover that head. Otherwise you have the, the damage of the sun that happens. But they might have been talking about the fact that, we, we don't know, maybe the, the lepers had to shave their heads. Maybe they were calling him a leper. Or maybe they were just making fun of the fact that he's older. But whatever it was, it is a disparaging, derogatory term. And so, speaking disparagingly of the prophet, mocking the idea that he is a prophet, mocking the loss, by the way, of a prophet that was near and dear to him, this would be like someone mocking the death of someone who is precious to you. And so he turned 
Now, it's interesting. So it says he turned and, and cursed them. Now, if you're a child and you're reading this, you're thinking, wow, Elisha said a bad word. No, our idea of cursing, when we say the word curse, it comes from the idea of cursing, and that is pronouncing a curse of God upon them. I don't think it was, you say, well, this was kind of, that was kind of mean of Elisha to do that. No, it wasn't mean of Elisha to do that. What would he do? Walk on without saying anything to those who were disrespecting God and disrespecting the prophet of God and, and making fun of the truth of God's word? He couldn't, he couldn't say, just say nothing. And remember that the hand of God is upon him. So he pronounced a curse on, the, on them. What was the curse he pronounced upon them? I don't know. May God judge you for your irreverence to the man of God. I don't know what it was. Maybe something like that. I don't think he said, may two bears come out of the woods and come after you. I don't think that's what he said. But he did pronounce a curse upon them. He turned back and he looked at them. They're shouting the curses. They're intimidating because of their numbers. And the prophet stops and he turns. I don't see any fear in his face here. And he looks directly at them. And he pronounces the curse of God upon them. He was not cursing their eternal souls. There's no evidence of that. But he was pronouncing a curse upon them for this behavior. Because this behavior is wicked. God is not a joke. God is not funny. And the things of God are not light. They are serious. And it's something we in the United States of America in Christianity need to learn. So he pronounces the curse upon them. But they were already bringing it upon themselves. It wasn't necessary for the prophet to pronounce the curse, for them to be cursed. But God speaks to his people through his prophets. And so it says, and there came forth. I don't know if it happened immediately or how it happened. But there came forth out of the wood, out of the brush, two she-bears. And tear, the word tear here doesn't mean killed. It means mauled. It mauled 42 of them. I'm trying to imagine how this happened. First of all, um, the bears choosing to do this. for you know, I don't know if they had been tormenting the bears already or what. That would not have been surprising. But it seems to be this just the work of God in the, by means of these animals coming out. What I don't understand is if there are 42 of them, you would have thought that at least some of them would have been able to run away. 
So I don't know how it all happened. I, I can only imagine maybe they were backed into a corner or they were in a cave or they, there was a box canyon or there was something in which they couldn't get out and these two she-bears were there and they weren't happy. It doesn't say they were killed. But they were hurt. They went home in pain. And they deserved it. Now it's God that chose the judgment. I, I, I think we forget, we think that somehow it was only human instrumentation that accomplished the judgment of God. But don't forget that there, there is God and you know, we ought not to be deceived and we ought to understand that God is not mocked. Dr. Shaw will be back with a closing thought about the importance of not mocking God. As we see in this episode of Elisha versus the juvenile gang of mockers. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dare to Stand, a radio ministry outreach of Northwest Valley Baptist Church in Glendale, Arizona, where our teacher, Dr. Kevin Shaw, serves as senior pastor. Northwest Valley Baptist Church is located at 40. 30 West Yorkshire Drive in Glendale. That's just south of the 101 at 40th Avenue. Come visit our new worship center. Sunday worship service is at 9.30 a.m. Adult Bible studies and Sunday school for all ages are at 11 a.m. And Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. Child care is provided for all services. Wednesday evening activities include prayer meetings, children's and teens programs. Northwest Valley Baptist Church also offers a quality traditional Christian education for your children, grades K through 12, at Arrowhead Christian Academy, located right on the church property at 40th Avenue and Yorkshire Drive. For more details about the church, kids' programs, this radio broadcast, or to register your kids for Arrowhead Christian Academy, please visit www.daretostand.org or call 623-581-3115. If Dr. Shaw's teaching is a blessing to you, we encourage you to visit daretostand.org. Find out more about this ministry. Consider supporting this radio program with a tax-deductible donation of any amount. Your donations help to keep Dr. Shaw on the air. We would love to give you free copies of Pastor Shaw's teaching and minister to you personally. Please call Northwest Valley Baptist Church today, 623-581-3115. Let us serve you in any way we can. You're always welcome to visit Sunday morning service at 930 or Sunday evening discipleship at 6 p.m. I'm Celeste Montague. Do join us next time for more in our study of the life of Elisha, the prophet. And now, here's Dr. Shaw with a closing thought about what happens when we mock God. Here's a hint. It's not a good idea. Join us next time for more right here on Dare to Stand. And this is an occasion where God was being mocked. And what you sow, you will reap. And they were now reaping what they had sown. 
And this is probably not the beginning of their sowing. And so God chose the judgment, and two bears came and mauled 42 young men. And he went from thence to Carmel. So we have the two stories side by side. Right after the blessing of God comes upon Elisha. And, and it's the power of God to curse and the power of God to bless. Here's the lesson. God is serious. God is not funny. And sin, mocking, the, the sin of attitude, it's not just action but attitude, has serious consequences before God Almighty. Thank you.